Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast Season 5. Never forget that to the best of us, protection's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. Enjoy. Boom. What's going on, you guys? I'm here with Rick Sweeney, Sec4360, and the league, our training director. This is just a quick conversation because we've been kind of seeing different things out there in the industry. And I know we started off, we kind of dug in with the hard skills intensive. And that was a deliberate thing, trying to serve the industry in a way that, you know, we don't really see another solution for, you know, in terms of, you know, the level of driving training that we're offering and really making sure agents are up to speed on those hard skills and different things like that. As a result, I think we've been seeing some questions and some maybe some constructive criticism about the training. And so I wanted to just hop on with Rick and kind of hit his uh, kind of where a lot of what he, you know, where he comes from and what he does in the industry and how he's arrived at these training solutions, you know, and we can talk, you guys kind of know my story. So I really just wanted to pull Rick on here and talk about what it is, what he does specifically and what we're doing. And then we're going to also talk about the driving conversation in depth, you know, is contact driving still relevant? Boom, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I wanna encourage you to come and train with me. Train with us, the League of Executive Protection Specialists. We offer online courses so you can train and learn how to take your executive protection career to the next level from the comfort of your own home. Uh, We offer on-ground training on everything from the hard skills of driving, shooting, medical, Um, and into the soft skills through the executive protection immersion course, which is one of the most experiential learning centric courses in the executive protection industry. Either way, I want you to become part of the golden standard in the private security industry and join the brotherhood, the league of executive protection specialists. Go to epspecialist.com and let's do our careers together. I'll see you there. Out. So. Rick, good to see you out there. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for jumping on this call. I only have a little bit of time, so it's nice that you could uh, nice that you could make it. Absolutely, always. Uh, where are you at? <laughs> By the time, all right. So, obviously. as usual, I'm I'm on detail. Um, anyone that really knows me knows that I'm constantly on detail, and if I'm yeah. not there, I've got other people going on it for me. Uh, I didn't know a long time ago that I had to post everything on social media or it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm actually working constantly. This isn't the only detail this, this week either. Uh, this is the third country this week, either myself or one of my agents or a group of agents has done. Um, but yeah, so, um, this is kind of a normal detail for me. And what I mean by that is for years now, my whole thing has been low profile, high risk. Uh, So where I'm at right now, and by the time this airs, I'll be in a completely different location. But where I'm at right now is uh, Caracas, Venezuela. You can probably see a little bit of Venezuela out the door or out the window. There we go. Awesome. That's Venezuela. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) And um, one of the cool things that's been awesome, us working together is, you know, getting the students trained and then taking them out on these details, you know, and then. You know, a couple of them are just landing and then getting ready to hop on this, um, what we're going to do this next week uh, with me. And so it's just really, yeah. awesome, you know, I don't know. We I, I could say since we started these hard skill courses in May, I think we've offered. We've offered at least eight or nine international uh, gigs to our students. Uh, yeah. They couldn't always do them. 
And, uh, but we've, we've definitely accomplished, I think five different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with them, uh, on these yeah. details and they've worked with other, other agents that worked with us, uh, experienced agents. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So just, just since May, we've been getting these guys rocking yeah. and you know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. you say, Byron, when you first talk to these guys on day one, this is the longest job interview you're ever going to have. Exactly. And that's it. We can kind of see what you're made of. So. You know, the naysayers might say, well, they don't have their emotional intelligence training yet. Well, guess what there, Skippy? I can tell you if they're emotionally intelligent in about the first hour I talk to them. Um, I don't need to have them go through an MIT class or whatever the hell, Harvard class, uh, to be emotional intelligent. What I do need them to be able to do is protect. Yep. Uh, and we can tell when we put you through this training whether you're the guy that can do it or not. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we do soft skill programs, too. Absolutely. It's important because it lets you have that experience before you go. Yep. But um, let me tell you about this, this detail a little bit, just because it, it kind of busts some of the myths that are out there from some of the supposed experts in the field. <laughs> well, uh, first off, before, before oh, you, you want to say something before I go in? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I've just kind of I've noticed in our industry, you know, there's there's like these different little pockets. And like, it's almost like certain pockets are really not aware of the other pockets because it is all private security. And <laughs> right. so you do something and make any content about this pocket, the other little like pockets start to like shoot at you and like, no one ever does that. You're not doing that. It's like, yeah, I was doing it last Tuesday. Like I, I was in a vehicle with my rifle in a cold position doing private security. <laughs> like, like, or yeah. yeah. It's weird. I never, I never thought that would be the case, but apparently it is. And what I found, though, a lot of it comes down to you know competition and stuff. When I started this, I wanted to kind of get along with everybody. I have kind of a niche that I, I fulfill in the protection yeah. world, and I just thought, well, I have this niche, so let me kind of partner with all these other guys. And that they didn't, they didn't like that. So yeah. um, they like their niche. They don't like my <laughs> niche. Um, anyway, so I'll tell you kind of what we do is like I said, the low profile, high threat. I like that the best. That's where I started in this industry. So that's just kind of where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. Um, Caracas, Venezuela is an interesting place. If you do your threat assessment, you'll see that the State Department still says it's a no-go area. And they don't say no-go to a lot of areas, uh, but this is a do-not-travel area. Even whereas Mexico never got a, a do-not-travel. And that's when, you know, 3,000 people got murdered that one year in 2010. Yeah. And we were still down there going, well, they didn't say not to go. So, you know, <laughs> we were still doing details down there. That's awesome. But anyways, a couple of myths. Um, they'll, they'll tell you guys uh, that the experts will say that, that you'll never do a motorcade uh, protection gig. So why train that way? Well, uh, I just did a move uh, about an hour ago with a five vehicle motorcade, all armored up, uh, level five armor. Yep. And uh, we also have motor- motorcycle support as well, which is yep. important when you're in really crowded areas. Uh, South America is horrific for you guys that work down here. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, these guys are pros. So it uh, it worked out real well. You're probably not going to be armed on detail. I got three armed dudes in the hallway right now in front of me. So uh, it's going to happen too. Uh, This is where your medical becomes really important as well. If you don't get really good at your medical, uh, you might be kind of hung out to dry. You might not get that ambulance here in 2.5 minutes uh, that you might get in the States or some other places. So you're going to have to be pretty good at it. We'll talk about the training aspects of that later. Um, Also, uh, I, have, I have seen that uh, nobody really uses private jets on uh, uh, on details for the pictures. Well, I mean, I just got off of a Citation X, so uh, yeah. uh, that's one of the fastest private jets in the world. That's how I got here. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a lot of myth there. I wish we could just all kind of embrace what the other ones are doing. 
Because what I always thought was, yeah, that guy does a different thing, but it's a good thing. And people should know what he's doing or she's doing out there. So why don't we do that? And then later when they have training budget next year, now they can come to ours and see our thing that we're doing because now we fill some of the gap that, that others aren't doing. But it just seems like it gets real bloody out there uh, for some reason. But, you know, uh, it's actually happening, guys. Uh, there's there's motorcades and there's private jets and yeah. you got to be good at medical and you're going to be around firearms. And uh, I, I guess the last thing that I hear a lot is the contact driving. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> oh, real quick, before we go into yeah. contact driving yeah. on that, you know, like I was really lucky when I came into the industry. I was on a detail that was run by a State Department guy. And we were traveling, like I said, we had 60 countries our first year. And for me, this was like every single week. We were in multiple motorcades, getting in and out of helicopter. Uh, sometimes we did helo ops where we would be advancing and bounding helicopter lands, goes to the next team, and we bound, you know, that's awesome through, you know, Israel to be specific. I love budgets. Um yeah. and you know, all this stuff was just the way that I grew up in the industry. And then it wasn't. Um, and, you know, we're we're cradling vehicles, you know, running blocking positions through intersections, uh, communicating, going through stale, you know, stale green, yellow, static left, static right. We're doing all the stuff, you know, that we teach at the league. That's why when I saw what you were doing when we joined forces, I was like, oh, finally, because I went out then into the U.S., you know, I got off that detail and started working all the different client demographics. And then all of a sudden became ultra rare that I would find an agent that knew all that and had that experience. I just got lucky that that's where I grew up for the first seven years. Right. And so something for you guys in the States to consider is that, you know, you might be working one man, two man, you might not be in a multi-vehicle motorcade uh, all the time, but all it takes is for your client to say, I want to go to this place or that place or to the Philippines to visit an orphanage or to even Tulum, Mexico, these different places where if you want to do it right, maybe you set it up that way. Um, and you can find yourself in a position where you need to, you might not use these skills, but if you know how to do them, if you know how to get those local uh, agencies or companies around you to get the right motors in place, to get the right uh, locals around you and get things done, you'll find yourself needing to use these skills. And it can happen like this. Because your client can take a, a left or a right like this, you know. So for the guys that aren't yeah. doing it all the time, it's a reality you could be facing next month. So why not get the training? <laughs> why not train to that level? You know, so that's that's kind of the way I look at it too. Well, you know, as far as motorcades, if you can do three, which is the most, you know, difficult three or more, then you can do a two and you can definitely do a one, but you're going to be using some of the same skills. Right. Uh, and that's why we think it's important to, uh, you know, let's go big. Right. And then you guys can kind of bring it down and make it. Take it where you need it, but now you know. And you uh, contact awesome. driving, uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, I'll do contact before I'll do a J turn any day of the week. Um, it only takes you getting on YouTube and checking out how people are avoiding uh, carjackings and robberies and things like that down here, especially in Santiago. We've had two details there in the last month and a half, and we're going back again next month. Um, real bad carjacking problem, right? But you'll see this on YouTube. These guys have these dash cams and they learn to smash through. That's their reality. We have to teach you guys to do that because it's not a natural thing to want to make contact with another car. So we do all these things to make sure it becomes uh, habitual. And the million times you tried not to smash into a vehicle, we need to kind of change that a little bit and give you those tools so that you know it's not going to be a horrible experience. And if you do it right, you're Bags are not going to deploy and your fuel's not going to cut off. And even the people that are saying it's wrong know the truth. Um, I can explain that or we can just wait for class. But 
yeah, you don't come barreling in, you know, Dukes of Hazard style. There's a technique to it. I didn't make this up. This is U.S. government because U.S. government protection teams all train in contact, but the proper way that won't deploy uh, your your crash bags and it won't uh, it won't cut off your fuel. Right. Uh, you guys that have been through the class know what we're talking about. So don't worry about it when you get the naysayers out there telling you you're never going to do it. That's completely bullshit uh, because this is one of the things we're completely we're totally looking at constantly on how we're going to escape. If you think you're going to get on a road down here that you're not going to need it, uh, you're sorely mistaken. Uh, it, it reminds me of people saying, oh, if you get in a gunfight in a protection detail, you did something wrong. No, not always, uh, <laughs> especially in private details. You're doing stuff that you know is going to be risky, but right. your client wants to do it, so you do it anyways. Exactly. Why would people be armed if you're never going to use your your weapons in a, uh, right. you know, in a scenario? Now, quite often when you guys go internationally, you're not going to be armed. Uh, so we're not weapon-centric, but is it nice to have a guy next to you with a rifle tucked in the seats? Oh, yeah. It's a, it gives you a warm and fuzzy uh, right. cruising around. Anyways, so I guess the point of this is uh, in real-life details, all this stuff is relevant. Right. And the other thing, too, you know, I, I, I just the whole kind of argument of not doing something because, you know, maybe we always have the most modern vehicles and they have these safety features, which we do show you how to overcome uh when you're conducting these these maneuvers but the reality is you know law enforcement doesn't just roll up and bump people's cars and shut them off even when it's the newest vehicle there's a whole there's application for contact driving if i was going into a combative situation i wouldn't say well i'm going to be using an m16 i'm not going to use an ak so i don't want to learn how to use an ak all it takes is for your client to literally say i want to go Many places in Europe, you won't have the latest SUV. Many places all over uh, Latin America, you won't have the latest and greatest you know, SUV with all the safety features. You're going to be in sprinters. You're going to be in other vehicles that you'll select to stay low profile. There's so many. The probability that you may need this training is there. It's 100% there. So it's kind of like instead of doing mental gymnastics to not get the training, so you don't have the, why not just get the training, have the capabilities within your team, and be able to execute on those objectives. There's a number of different arguments, obviously, we could make, but I'd rather have the guy that's got all the training, knows where he's at in the motorcade, and also knows how to fight with a car if he needs to, and how to ram through a, a roadblock, because we don't have a crystal ball. I never go into combat thinking I got a crystal ball. Yeah, I wish I wish the bad guys would play with these rules where, oh, we're never going to block these guys in. They're not allowed to ram. <laughs> make contact with them. Yeah. Yeah, bad guys don't play by those rules. So unfortunately, we we have to have these skills in our back pocket. And believe me, when we're running these roads, especially South America and different parts of Asia and the Middle East, that is always in the top of your mind is, all right, here's one of those places. There's nothing I can do except go through another vehicle. Right. Uh, basically, the, the mantra for us is if we can roll forward, roll forward. If we can't roll forward, we're going to roll backwards. If we can't roll forwards or backwards, the only place you've got to go is through. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we train you guys to do. Anyways, I, we're beating this to death, and it's just because there's still individuals out there saying why it's invalid, but they're using the old airbag fuel cutoff thing because they just don't know uh, right. that modern-day vehicles are going off a of deceleration in a computer-based system, not off of contact. Right. And there's uh, ways that you don't have to dis disconnect anything, but there's just ways that you can actually do those push-throughs that will, uh, will let you keep going, and that's what we teach you guys. And again, this isn't us. This is the U.S. government protection teams that uh, that came up with the system that I'm using. And uh, we tried it with uh, vehicles with good airbags and it worked.
I won't take too much more of your time. I do wish you were going to be able to be with me on this next this next jump. It'll be good to see everybody, shake hands with the students again and with the patrons of the course. And um, yeah, man, thanks for hopping on with me real quick, just to respond to some of the things we're seeing out there in the industry about people kind of limiting their training experience based on theory. You know, um, I, I yeah. What I would what I would say to you guys in, in closing on this is, even if somebody says, "Oh, you shouldn't do contacting that stupid." Don't discount what they're training you. It right. doesn't mean they're still not doing a good program. Right. Uh, it just means that they're either trying to put us down because we're taking their market share or uh, they truly believe that. Right. You guys get to make up your own mind of this. And that's what I do every time I go to a training. There might not be everything I think is the right thing to do. What I do is I kind of weigh the environments I work in and I go ahead and decide whether this is a technique for me. And uh, you guys should too. So just because somebody said, oh, that training you did was useless, you guys make up your own mind based on the information that you have, and you guys can make good decisions. And don't count people out that say that. They might be really good at another aspect of the training. Uh, even though they're saying something else is useless, they might be really good at some, some other part of it. And yeah. that's kind of how I wanted to go at this thing. Everybody's probably going to be really good at something. So, uh, yeah. you know, spread the wings out there, pick different trainings, and then put your package together, uh, how, how you think you should roll. And that'll probably be the right way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, absorb what's useful, disregard what's useless, add what's essentially your own, and remember what you need for your situation is what you need. Um, and also remember, you know, not everyone knows everything. Me and Rick don't know everything. We are coming from our experience. His experience is a certain way. My experience is similar, but my own way. The person who's talking to you is coming from their experience. The person who's saying you'll never do that detail is genuine and probably coming from their experience. The reality though, it, the industry's huge, vast. Agents are doing all kinds of things all the time, you know, everywhere. So my approach would be get the training, get the competence, and so you can raise your hand for those for all types of things and really have an experience that that is in the direction you want to have in this industry. Um, but, you know, it's not like they're lying. They just probably haven't done that and haven't seen it done. But the private security industry is very much underneath the radar and very big. So, um, you know, maybe I'm not still not doing a J turn. So just let you know. <laughs> Rick, but Rick's hard stop on the J turn. He ain't doing it. Not going to do one on detail, guys. That I can tell you. And again, just because a guy's doing J turn training out there doesn't mean he doesn't have something good to offer. But right. you don't want to kill your client. So don't do a J turn. <laughs> Good to go. Maybe they'll bang one back at us. Anyways, much love and respect yeah. to everybody out there. Yo, Rick, thanks so much for hopping on here with me. Um, yeah, definitely. Time's priceless. Looking forward to everything that we're doing out here in the industry and hopefully meeting more of you guys and shaking hands with you guys at the League of Executive Protection Specialists, the gold standard in the private security industry. Talk soon. Out. All right, guys. Yo, ladies and gents. Little cheat code, the latest and greatest. Don't hate us because you ain't are not us. Anyways, check it out. My CAMCK is a great tool to make any weapon that you have sitting in your safe woo, into much more formidable tool, right? Multiple points of contact, throw it right on optic on the top. Uh, you got a little light there. You got thumb rests. You can adjust them to fit your. So if you haven't seen them, check out CAAMCK. Take those pistols you have in your safe to the next level. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out. 
executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions.